A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Dad, open the flap of my tent. Hey, Darius, I need the backyard to set up for my birthday party. I nodded. As Dad walked back to the house, I packed up my tent and placed my belongings in my black duffel bag. That night, Dad allowed me to sleep in his car that was parked in the garage. You may be wondering what type of parents would make their 16-year-old live in a tent in their backyard or even sleep in their car when they have a house. Well, honestly, I left my parents with no choice. Continue watching my story and you'll see what I mean. When I was about 15 years old, I wasn't allowed to go out with my friends unless chaperoned by one of my parents. While my other friends were able to enjoy life and date, I decided to stay at home. How embarrassing would it be if my parents were at the same table hanging out with my friends? My younger sister, Grace, didn't mind, but I wanted the freedom that my other friends had. I found that freedom with a group of older boys. I honestly can't remember how we began to hang together, I just remember we used to hang out a lot. But these boys lived in nicer neighborhoods than I did and their parents were doctors and lawyers, so I was quite surprised when I realized the kind of things they did. As much as I wanted my freedom, this freedom came with choices and consequences which I didn't understand at the time. Anyway, my new friends embraced me and to prove myself, I did everything that they wanted me to do, including skipping school. As long as I did everything they wanted, they got me new clothes and shoes and anything else that I wanted. Life was good. Hey D, we're heading to the mall, are you coming? Blake asked as he approached me one morning as soon as I walked through the school gates. Yeah, sure. I fell into step with the other boys. While at the mall, Blake whispered to me, Okay, it's your turn. See that black hoodie? The one for $250? Yup, that's the one. If you get that for me, I'll trade you my new sneakers that mom got me. I nodded and walked towards the rack. Even though I shoplifted a few times before, this was the one time when my life was changed because of it. I snuck into the dressing room and put on the hoodie under my sweater. As I was about to open the dresser door, I saw a little girl looking up at me from below the door. As I unlocked the door, she ran away and called out to her mom. Mommy! Mommy! I saw that boy over there put on a hoodie under his clothes! I tried to hustle out of the store before they identified who the little girl pointed towards, but I was caught by the security guard just before I stepped out of the door. 
Blake and the rest of the guys were rounded up after the security guard looked at the store security tape, and we were all taken to the holding center. We've raised you better than this, Mom said angrily as we walked out to the car. Mom and Dad took the rest of the day off to come bail me out of the mall. The owner was adamant that he would be pressing charges. We don't have money for an expensive lawyer like your rich friends, Darius, Dad said sternly as he hopped behind the wheel. During the hearing, Blake and the others were presented by one lawyer, the very prestigious Dwight Hansford, while I was represented by a legal aid lawyer who mixed up my hearing time with another client's. I was sent to six months in the youth detention facility while Blake and the others got six weeks of community service. Mom visited me every weekend, but Dad never did. Every weekend, Mom made an excuse that Dad had to work, but I didn't buy it. After six months, I came out and promised my parents that I would turn over a new leaf. However, as soon as I got a chance, I was back with my boys. When my parents found out, I was grounded for two months. That didn't stop me. I snuck out at night and returned before my parents woke up. This worked great until Grace caught me. Where are you going? She asked as I unlocked the front door. It's none of your business. I glared at her. It may be none of my business, but I'm sure it would be mom and dad's business. She smiled and she turned to head to their bedroom. I grabbed her arm and yanked it until she was facing me. Ouch! She pulled her hand away and rubbed it. You better not tell mom and dad. I clenched my fist. Or what? I slammed Grace against the wall and slapped her. She screamed out, which made mom and dad run from their room. What is going on here? Dad shouted as mom comforted Grace. Grace told mom and dad what happened and dad added three more months to my punishment. I laughed. You really think you can keep me locked away in this house for five months? I opened the front door. Dad growled. If you walk out this door, don't you dare walk back in. I pulled my hoodie over my head and looked dad squarely in the eyes. Fine. I slammed the door as I stepped into the cold night air. I met the guys at the park where we hung out for a few hours. When it was time to go home, I asked if it was possible to sleep by one of them for the night since dad kicked me out. They all said that they couldn't risk their parents finding out that they were keeping a stranger at their house. That night, I slept in an abandoned building. The next day, the guys pretended that they didn't know who I was, and they told me I needed to take a bath. He's such a loser, Blake laughed as they walked away. I spent the next three months begging for money for food sleeping in abandoned buildings and taking food out of the trash as soon as someone threw away their leftovers. I thought I didn't need anyone, but the truth was, I missed my family. Mom, dad, and even my annoying little sister. I missed them most when I saw families coming to the park on weekends. I woke up one morning and decided it was time to go home. I was grateful when I walked up the driveway and only saw mom's car in the driveway. I knocked on the door and waited. As soon as mom opened the door, she threw her arms around me and began to cry. I'm so sorry, mom. I held her tightly. She ushered me into the house. I'm so glad you're home. Go take a bath, then come to the kitchen to have a proper meal. With that, Mom bustled to the kitchen. I went to my room, surprised to see everything just as I left it. I showered quickly and ate the meal Mom prepared before crawling into the comfort of my bed. It wasn't long before I fell asleep. I woke when someone grabbed my feet violently. My eyes flew open and my gaze fell upon my dad. He didn't say anything. Dad dragged me out of bed by my legs and into the backyard. Mom tried to stop him, but Dad was a man on a mission. You are not allowed inside my house until you've earned your spot. You can't go away for three months and come back as if nothing happened. Dad walked back into the house. Mom got me the tent from the garage. I apologized to Grace, and just like Mom, she forgave me quickly. Dad only allowed me to go into the house to use the bathroom. Mom spoke with the principal, and she agreed to give me one more chance in school. 
After my homeless experience, I was determined to turn my life around. I even got a job two blocks away at a supermarket after school. I gave most of the money to mom and kept the rest to buy anything that I needed. One afternoon while dad was home alone, I headed inside to use the bathroom. After I came out, I heard some grunts coming from the living room so I went to investigate. When I got there, I saw dad slumped over his armchair. His hand clutched his chest. Immediately, I rushed to the phone and called an ambulance, then mom to tell her what was going on. She told me to go with dad to the hospital and she would meet us there. As soon as we arrived at the hospital, they wheeled dad to the operating room. Mom arrived 15 minutes later with Grace. We sat in the waiting room too afraid to talk, too afraid to mention the possibility that dad may not make it. A doctor entered the waiting room a few hours later. Family of Trevor Hall? Yes. Mom shot up from her chair. Your husband is out of surgery. He had a heart attack, which means that we need to keep him for observation for the next few days before we are able to discharge him. It also means that he needs to keep his stress levels down. If Mr. Hall didn't get to us when he did, we would be having a different conversation. You can see him for a few minutes, but then he needs to rest. Mr. Hall, your family is here to see you. The doctor turned to us. You only have a few minutes. We nodded and the doctor left the room. Mom and Grace hugged Dad while I stood by the door. When Grace and Mom pulled away, Dad asked Mom and Grace if they could give him and I a few minutes to talk. Mom and Grace left, but I didn't move any closer to Dad. Dad motioned for me to come closer, which I did. When I was your age, I hung out with the wrong crowd doing petty theft. By the time I was 21, I was robbing banks. Just like you, I was the only one from my crew who got caught, and I spent seven years in prison. When I came out, I swore to be better, but with my criminal record, nobody wanted to hire me. So I opened my own car dealership. I saw myself in you, and I don't want you to have the same hardships I did. Tears streamed down Dad's face. I hugged Dad. After a few minutes, the doctor came in and told me Dad needed his rest. Dad looked at me. You have earned your place and saved my life. You can come back into the house. About two weeks after his heart attack, Dad returned home. The weeks that followed, I worked hard to build my family's trust. One evening, there was a knock on the door and Mom went to answer it. At the front door stood two police officers. Good evening, officers. How can I help you? We're here to question Darius Hall, ma'am. Is he around? What do you want with him? We just need to ask him a few questions. Mom called Dad and I to the front door. Good evening, Mr. Hall. One officer addressed me. Over the past few days, there's been a series of robberies in the area. The only place it wasn't broken into is your home. We would like to take you to the station for questioning. Dad looked at me. Darius, do you know anything about these robberies? No, I don't. We can sort this out at the station. The other officer replied. Darius, you stay with them. I'll follow behind and don't answer any questions until I get there. Dad said. I nodded and allowed the officers to take me to the station. Dad and a man dressed in a suit arrived at the police station about five minutes after we did. We entered the interrogation room and the lawyer, Mr. Mitchell, turned to the police officers. Do you have any proof that Mr. Hall was involved in these robberies? No, that's why we've brought him here to ask questions. Do you have any evidence leading to Mr. Hall being a suspect in this case? The officers looked at each other but didn't say anything. My client will have no problem answering any of your questions if you find proof that he was involved in this. My suggestion to you officers is to go out and find the person who did this instead of placing blame on someone with a past record. 
For all you know, the thieves were probably going to rob their home tonight, and you showed up and scared them off. We stood up and left the interrogation room. Dad and I thanked Mr. Mitchell and headed home. While in the car, I thanked Dad for believing me and told him how much it meant to have his support. He said that he was serious about giving me another chance, and that meant believing what I said over what other people thought of me. When we got home, Dad filled Mom in on what happened, and I headed to bed. Two days later, I met Blake at his house. Thanks for the money, B. I really appreciate it. No problem. I realized that we left you hanging a few months back, and we wanted to do this solid for you. You may be wondering why I went to Blake's to collect the money. Well, shortly after Dad came home from the hospital, I heard him and Mom talking about the hospital bill. They wanted to take out a mortgage on the house, even though they weren't sure how they were going to repay it. Mom and Dad worked hard to pay off the mortgage, so they wouldn't have to worry about having a roof over their head. I couldn't let them jeopardize that, especially after my experience with being homeless. As I sat in my room wondering how I was going to help them, Blake gave me a call, and he told me he wanted to help. I knew Blake and the boys did the robberies. Did I feel bad about what they did? Not really, since no one was hurt. I knew I couldn't give mom all the money at once because she would question where I got it. So I'm giving it to her in parts. I told her that it's from working extra hours at the grocery store. With dad under the weather, the responsibility of taking care of my family falls on my shoulders and I will do whatever it takes to make sure my family has everything they need, no matter what. Am I making a big mistake? Let me know in the comments below. I've always heard that being homeschooled was boring. And I guess sometimes it could be true. You don't get to meet a lot of people. You don't get to make new friends. The only people I know are my parents, my cousins, and the three tutors my mom and dad hired to teach me. But I never got lonely. And my life was amazing. See, my parents are both owners of a huge game developing company. They're huge gamers themselves. So as soon as I could speak, mom and dad have been sharing their passion with me. While most kids are prohibited by their parents from playing video games, I was encouraged to do so. My first ever birthday gift was an Xbox. I would play day in and day out. On one condition, of course, that I finish my homework before I put a controller in my hand. What's more is that mom and dad paid me for it. For every hour that I put into playing games, they paid me a hundred bucks. I was their most important game tester. I would be the first one to try out every new game they made. And depending on whether or not I enjoyed it, they would either release the game or scrap it altogether. Not everyone agreed with my parents' methods, though. I heard the neighbors talking behind my mom and dad's back when they came to visit. They would express their concerns about me being cooped up at home and being in front of a screen most of the time. And the kids in our neighborhood didn't like me at all. I think they were jealous that mom and dad let me do what I want. And they were jealous of the fact that I had all the games I wanted and all the consoles that their parents never got for them. I had all the Xboxes, all the Playstations, three gaming PCs, and every handheld imaginable. Well, they had to do chores. I was getting paid to play games. I thought having lots of toys would make making friends much easier. I thought I could invite them over and they'd like me. But they only came for my toys. They didn't care about me at all, and they certainly didn't want to be friends. In fact, whenever they'd come over to visit, they'd grab my controller from me and banish me from the game room. We don't want you in here, Nolan. Yeah, you're weird. You have no friends and you're homeschooled. Homeschooled kids always turn out weird. I bet you'll grow up to become a creep. Now get out!
They didn't care that it was my console, my game room, or my house. They treated me like I was some sort of pest. High school was different, though. I convinced my parents to send me to a regular school, and because I begged and begged and promised Mom and Dad that I'd make sure I'd get top grades, they eventually let me. It was tough. I didn't know anyone, and I was a huge nerd. At first, some people were interested in getting to know the new kid, but when I opened my mouth, everything fell apart. I had no idea how to talk to other people, and most of the time, I'd ramble on and on and on and on and on and on about boring subjects. Eventually, I got branded as the school weirdo, and not many people wanted to hang out with me. There were a few people who did hang out with me, but it wasn't great. They only wanted to be my friends because of the things I had. Whenever there was a big game release, they would use me to ask my parents to give them the game before it hits the stores. And they would constantly badger me about getting free merch. They supported me whenever I'd compete in esports tournaments, but only so that they could get free tickets and sit in the VIP area. They've weaseled their way into more than a few exclusive events and Comic-Cons just by being my friend. And at first, I was happy to share all the perks in my life. After all, they were my friends. But then they stopped talking to me at school. They would ignore me whenever they didn't need anything from me. And when I'd try to sit with them, they'd shoo me away. It got to a point where they treated me like they didn't know me at all. Psst, why are you here? Can't you, like, go eat somewhere else? Yeah, can't you see we're talking here? Unless you've got a new game you're giving us, you can't sit with us. Now leave. The only time I got to really see them was when there was a sleepover or a party at my house. Whenever that happened, they were all in attendance, and they acted like angels in front of mom and dad. But as soon as they left us alone, they'd push me out of the room and force me to sit outside. Luckily, high school didn't last forever, and in college, I finally got over my awkward phase. I met a pretty girl called Hanako, and we hit it off instantly. She and I liked a lot of the same things. She was a gamer, too and we spent a lot of our time talking about our favorites and playing together. One day, my mom and dad hired me to officially be a game tester for their company, and I convinced them to hire Hanako as well. We studied during the day, and at night, we played to our heart's content. Hanako and I fell deeply in love. Or... at least, I did. Because one night, as I was sitting in the dark with my mom my friends and our co-workers getting ready to surprise Hanako for her birthday, she walked in with someone none of us were expecting. It was my dad. And they were kissing. They had no idea we were there. As they made their way into the house, Hanako turned the lights on. She jumped in utter shock. She was so mortified at discovering that everyone she knew was there. It looked like her spirit left her body. Happy birthday. I, I guess. Dad went into panic mode. Nora, uh, sweetheart, it's not what it looks like. Really? Were you giving your son's girlfriend first aid? 
Was she drowning from the air so you had to resuscitate her? I want you out of the house, Joe. I want you out tonight. Baby, Nora, sweetheart, calm down. It's nothing. She's just a fling. Come on now. You know how it is with these girls. They attach themselves to powerful men like me because they want to get ahead at work. I promised her a promotion. That's it. Excuse me? Hanako finally snapped out of her shock. She was mad. A fling? You liar! You told me you were going to leave her for me! You told her you'd get rid of her and we could finally run the company together! Then she turned to my mom and looked her up and down. You are old news! I'm the new queen in town! Mom wasted no time in slapping her across the face. You'll be homeless and broke before I let any of that happen, Missy. I admire your ambition, but you flew too close to the sun. As it so happens, I invited the entire board of directors tonight. And after this display, I doubt any one of them will side with either of you. I move to remove my soon-to-be ex-husband as CEO and board member. All in favor? One hand rose up from the crowd. Then two. Soon, every single board member there had their hands up. Mom smiled at Hanako. Oh, and you're fired, sweetheart. But why is the entire board of directors here? Because I had an important announcement to make. I invited all these people here because I took out a small velvet box from my pocket and I showed them the gold ring inside. The diamond was massive, and when Hanako saw it, her eyes saw dollar signs. W well this was all a huge mistake anyways. We can still fix this, uh, right? I laughed in her face. Get lost, gold digger! Don't ever come near me again! I threw the ring into the fireplace and walked out of there. I managed to keep the tears in until I was alone, but as soon as I went out and sat down in the garden, I started sobbing like a baby. I thought Hanukkah was the love of my life. I loved her with all my heart, and just like that, everything was ruined. I didn't know what to do or how to keep going. But someone showed me kindness that night. I felt a tap on my shoulder, and when I looked up, I saw my secretary, June. She offered me a tissue, and I took it gratefully. I blew my nose and apologized. What for? For... Losing it? For crying over a stupid gold digger? June giggled. I... I'm, I'm sorry for laughing. I'm not laughing at you. I know. It probably hurts a lot. But... If I were you, I wouldn't waste a single tear over someone like that. You are Nolan Summers. You're a prodigy at gaming. You've been an incredible game tester since you were a kid. You've won several international esports competitions. You're a legend amongst gamers. And your family owns the country's biggest game company. If anything, she should be the one crying now. I smiled at her. Thank you. You're very kind for saying all that. I'm just stating facts. 
You're amazing, and any girl would be lucky to have you. Thanks to June, I learned to get back up and try again. I focused all my energy into work. I developed amazing games with my mom, and when my dad tried to start up his own game company, we crushed him beneath our heels and sued him for using our trademarks and ideas. He and Hanako soon broke up when she realized he was going to be broke for a long time, and she never got any jobs in the gaming industry after news of the scandal broke out. Last I heard, she was flipping burgers for a living. I took the company to new heights. And then, my own pet project won Game of the Year. I was so happy that day that I decided to propose again. This time, to June. She said yes. We're four years married now, and I can't be happier. We have two kids, and I built them both an amazing game room. One day, when they're old enough... June and I will share with them the wonderful world of gaming that I discovered when I was little. Hi, I'm Declan, and I just got out of college. On the morning of my very first job interview, I was super nervous. My knees were trembling. Somehow, I got through the whole process, and here I am, ready to go into the real world with a paying job. Only... one thing hasn't changed... I'm still super nervous and anxious as heck. But what I keep telling myself is that my family depends on me. I'm the first one in my family to even make it past high school. And I feel like it's my duty to help them get out of living in poverty. I owe them at least that. After all, my parents worked their whole lives to pay for my studies. And my brothers and sisters had always been there to support me. On my first day of work... I put on my nicest shirt, shined my shoes until I could see my reflection on it, and brushed my teeth three times just for good measure. I was so nervous as I sat during the orientation that I began to feel... Uh, weird. I was giddy and antsy and clumsy. So when my new boss came over to shake my hand, I stood up too fast. She was bending over to greet me, not expecting me to stand. My head met her face, and she stumbled backwards. I panicked. Who headbutts their boss on their first day of work? So I grabbed her by the back and pulled her towards me, making sure she didn't stumble further and fall on the floor. Instead, I pulled too hard. In one moment, my boss was falling. The very next, her lips were on mine. Everyone around us gasped. My boss didn't even pull away. She just looked at me and batted her eyelashes. My, my. Nice to meet you too, Declan. Oh, I was so flustered. I, I just stumbled over my words. I, uh, Miss, uh, I, I, I'm so sorry, uh, Miss Garrick. I didn't, I didn't mean, mean to, uh, please don't fire me. Why would I fire you? For a kiss? I enjoyed it. And call me Catherine. Miss Garrick makes me sound old. I don't look old, do I? No, 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 Miss uh, Catherine. Uh, uh, I must say, I've never greeted someone with a full-on kiss on the lips before. Way to make an impression. But see, I'm a lady. I don't kiss before the first date. And now, you owe me. Owe you? Uh... 
Miss? Uh, I I mean, uh, uh, Catherine? A date, of course. 5 p.m. A car will be waiting for you outside. And so, yeah, that was my first day of work. I kind of became an instant hero. Everybody was talking about the newbie who accidentally kissed the boss and got a date. <laughs> I was so jittery, though. I'd never been on a date before. And I was going on one with my boss. As promised, there was a car waiting for me as soon as I clocked out for the day. And it wasn't just some car. It was a limo. The limo took me downtown, and when it stopped... The driver opened the door for me and called me Sir. It was a really weird sensation. The hostess at the restaurant greeted me with a smile. We've been expecting you. Declan, right? I nodded. Then, a waitress took my jacket and led me through the dining room. Up to the very back where only VIPs got to sit. Another waiter pulled my chair up for me and put a napkin on my lap. I was living like a king! I was used to people shooing me away because we were so poor. But now... Now, people were serving me! I promised myself I would work really hard to afford that life. Sitting across from me was Catherine, all dressed up and looking like those beautiful ladies in magazines. Do you have a girlfriend, Declan? Uh... No, miss... I mean... Catherine? I figured as much. I've... never had one. Never? Uh, yes, ma'am. That's a disgrace! You need to get a girlfriend! But... Hmm... As much as I would like to keep you for myself... I actually invited you over here for my daughter. Your... Your... Daughter? Yes, here she is now. And in walked Emily. She looked exactly like a younger version of her mom. And you could easily mistake them for sisters. Over the next few weeks, Emily and I went on a few dates. Not really my idea. Catherine really, really wanted me to date her daughter. She even hinted that I should propose. And I didn't understand why. It's not that Emily wasn't pretty or nice. I just felt uncomfortable dating my boss's daughter. But Catherine made me a deal. She said if I made Emily my girlfriend, she would promote me to being her assistant. So... Thinking about being able to help my family more, I said yes. People at work were starting to hate me because of all the favors I was getting. One guy in particular was Emily's ex, Darren. He dumped her a year ago, but now that she's seeing someone else, he wants her back. Not only that, Darren had been eyeing my position for years. And when I got the girl and the promotion, Darren took out his frustrations on me. Darren would pull these little pranks. He would hide my lunch or put glue on my chair. I ignored all that. But then... Things began to escalate. He started stealing things from me. He stole some pens, my mouse pad, a bracelet that I bought to surprise Emily with, 
and even took my favorite coffee mug. Some days, I would find my car vandalized. I was still very understanding. I didn't let it get to me. But then, one day, I saw something I couldn't ignore. I saw Darren stealing everyone's sales. See, our job is based on commission. The more deals we close, the more we earn. Every customer who comes in gets referred to an agent. But Darren made it look like he made all the sales that day. He did it again the next day. And so I confronted him about it. What are you going to do about it, huh? Tell your girlfriend's mom? Go run to mommy, Declan! <sighs> Some people laughed, but I reminded them that Darren had been stealing from them too. Tell corporate for all I care. You'll never prove it was me. And he was right. We had no proof. We did try to complain to corporate. Catherine even backed us up. But they didn't believe us. So, I devised a plan with my co-workers. Darren stole thousands of dollars of commission from us. It was only right that he lost something worth that. So, during lunch, we snuck out into the car park. Sally went to buy nails at the nearby hardware store. Roger ran to the garden center to get sand. And Mimi took all the sugar we had from the office cafeteria. Sally stuck in the nails in the wheels of Darren's car. Roger and Mimi poured sand and sugar in its tank. And I wrote THIEF about a hundred times all over his car with a sharpie. I was actually feeling pretty good about it. I felt satisfied. Until the very next morning when I got called into Catherine's office. And there was the VP of the company, and he was scolding my boss. Catherine, I told you to keep an eye out for my son. And now look at what's happened. I demand you fire this boy immediately. Huh? No wonder they never believed a word we said. Because Darren's the son of the VP. I was fired that day, and no amount of explanation helped. Not even Catherine was able to do anything about it. She took me outside and apologized. I told her it wasn't her fault. And she told me the real reason why she wanted me to date Emily so bad. It was because she hated the VP and how corrupt he was. She didn't want Darren to get back together with Emily because if they got married, Darren's father could easily blackmail her by using her daughter. Of course, now that you know the truth... You don't have to keep seeing my daughter. You kept your word, but I wasn't able to protect you. Catherine, why would I ever leave Emily? What? Uh, what? I love her. At first, I was hesitant. At first, I was just doing it for the job. But your daughter... She's amazing. She makes me laugh. She's beautiful. She's smart. Who wouldn't want to be with her? Why would I leave her? In fact, I should be worried about her leaving me now that I'm unemployed. We heard someone laugh and we turned around. We didn't see Darren had been listening to us the whole time. <laughs> uh, uh, who's laughing now, you homewrecking pleb? Go back to the trailer park where you belong. 
Nobody wrecked your home, Darren. Emily doesn't want to be with you anymore because all you do is play Fortnite in your pajamas at your mother's basement. Everyone laughed at that. <sighs> Whatever, welfare kid. Shut up and go home. You're trespassing on private property. You don't work here anymore. I said goodbye to my friends and accepted defeat. I figured I was better off somewhere else anyway. But my friends surprised me. They railed around me. They said if they fired me, they would all walk, leaving the entire place with just Darren and his two friends. Even Catherine threatened to leave. Darren's dad called her bluff. And we called his. The next day, nobody turned up for work. And Darren and his friends were swamped. Hundreds of complaints were called into corporate. And it got so bad that the CEO herself flew down to see why we were on strike. And that... That was when we finally got justice. The CEO learned what happened. We told her that Darren had been stealing our commissions and that his dad covered it up and tried to fire us. As a result, Darren and his dad were fired immediately. The CEO also reinstated me. And not only that, she promoted me to manager. Catherine's old job. Because Catherine was now the VP replacing Darren's dad. That all happened in front of Darren. He looked so furious that a simple poor guy like me ended up getting everything he always wanted. But you know what? I felt he deserved a bit more suffering. So, to rub it in his face, I got down on my knees and took Emily's hand in mine. I took out a ring that I had been hiding for the past two weeks. Emily, I know it hasn't been very long, but in this short span of time, you've shown me how beautiful, kind, and loving you are. And I don't ever want to live in a world where I don't have you by my side. Emily, with your mom's blessing, will you marry me? Catherine was so excited. She jumped up and down and rushed to hug me. I welcomed her hug, thinking she'd move her head to the side. She didn't. And once again, Catherine and I were kissing accidentally. Behind her, Emily put her hands on her hips and looked very much annoyed. Mom! That's my man! <sighs> Catherine wiped her lips and smiled with guilt. I guess that means she says yes. And as the guards escorted Darren and his father off the building, Catherine, Emily, and I shared a toast with our friends and co-workers. Hi, my name is Matt, and I'm 25 years old. I'm going to tell you some really weird stuff that I experienced over the past few months. So, it all started when I got a new job about six months ago. There was a reason that I resigned from my previous job. I used to date one of my co-workers named Natasha. It was all great fun until I found out her truth. She'd been lying to me the whole time. She wasn't even my co-worker. In fact, she didn't even have a job. She had faked everything just to get close to me. I was really creeped out by how she was able to infiltrate the company and pretend to be an employee there. Honestly, it was partially our manager's fault. He was a lazy, absent-minded guy. It was only when the higher-ups paid us a visit that we got to know Natasha's truth. 
She really had all of us fooled. Why did you even do that? I asked her after everything was revealed. Well, I'd been observing you for quite some time, and I really wanted to talk to you, she replied as if it was no big deal. You see, I've always liked you, Matt. I still do. I took a step away from her. Observing me? Were you stalking me, Natasha? Wait, is Natasha even your real name? Yes, Natasha is my real name, she immediately said. I know it looks like I stalked you, but trust me, I just wanted to get close. There was a whole lot of drama after that, and Natasha was even arrested. But after talking it out with my colleagues and with the company's agreement, I decided to give her another chance. Not a chance as in dating her again. No, that was out of the question. I let her go with a warning. Don't ever try to follow me or talk to me again, I told her. I'm kind enough to not sue you. Just get out of sight and maybe find a job. A real one. Well, that was the last time I talked to her. She had begged and cried, and but I just I couldn't see myself with her. After that incident, I resigned from my job. That company was no good. Natasha had been there quite some time, and they didn't even know she was a fake. Plus, I was worried about my security. I decided it was better just to move and get a new job. And that's how I got this job, at a multinational company. My boss, Ruby, was a really good-looking, smart woman. She was nothing like my previous manager and that gave me a lot of relief. She was strict with deadlines and performance, and could be gentle and kind when needed. What I'm trying to say is that she had all the qualities of a boss, and I really liked her. I mean, not romantically, of course. My job was treating me really well, and all my co-workers were warm and welcoming. One of my colleagues, Olivia, was really kind to me in particular, She'd made sure that I didn't face any problems in learning the new stuff and even helped me mingle with the others. It was because of Olivia that I often went to dinners with my colleagues after work. She would always invite me. And when I wasn't able to join her for some reason, she would wait for me. Yes, this is exactly what it looks like. I think it's safe to say that both of us liked each other, but neither of us ever admitted it out loud. I wasn't ready for a relationship anyway. My memories of Natasha were still fresh in my mind, and I wanted to spend some more time with Olivia before getting into anything serious. One day Ruby called me to her cabin and told me that I was to join her for a business trip. Sure, I replied. Who else is coming? She frowned at me. No one. But if you want, we can bring one more employee. Well, I wasn't about to let that opportunity pass. I suggested Olivia's name, and Ruby gave me a weird look. Why her? she asked seriously. Um, because she was the one who mostly helped me with the reports and presentations, so she knows the best, I said nervously. Ruby nodded. Okay, fine then. And that, is how two days later we were seated on a 17-hour flight together. I realized something was wrong the moment I arrived at the airport. We were taking a company's private airplane, 
so there was no one else in the flight besides Ruby, Olivia, the air hostess, and me. Awkward doesn't even begin to cover it. I was stuck in a seat between Ruby and Olivia. We had to sit like that because we had to discuss some things on the documents. But this was hella uncomfortable. Not to mention, I couldn't spot a single guy on the flight. And the air hostesses were super flirty. One of them came to ask us if we wanted anything. She brought everything that I had asked for, but when Olivia asked for something, she refused rudely. So, how about a sandwich? Olivia asked her. You just brought one for Matt. I'm sure you have more. Sorry, that was the last sandwich we had, the hostess replied. Ruby snorted. Looks like you'll have to starve, Olivia. My eyes widened. Why was Ruby being like this? I shook my head and offered my own sandwich to Olivia. She refused at first, but had to take it when I insisted. Ruby rolled her eyes and ordered her own food. The hostess didn't refuse this time. It was clear that she was afraid of the boss. But seriously, what the hell was happening? Was this even allowed? A few hours later, Olivia fell asleep on my shoulder. Ruby noticed and gave her a very displeased look. Um, do you have something against Olivia? I asked her. It seems like you're not too fond of her. Ruby averted her gaze and stared out the window. Let's just say I don't exactly get along with her. I didn't ask anything else. It seemed like they shared a history, and I didn't want to ruin the mood right now. Later, the air hostess, whose name I didn't bother to memorize, came back with a tea. She was passing the cup to Ruby when Olivia suddenly pushed her hand and the tea spilt all over Ruby. She shrieked and I gave her a panicked look. Oh God, you need to wash up with cold water or it'll burn, I said, and immediately got up to lead her to the washroom. Olivia grabbed my hand before I could leave, though. I turned to her in question. Where are you going? she asked. I think Ruby can clean up the mess herself, so why don't you sit down? Was she for real? Ruby glared at her and left for the washroom while I stared at Olivia in disbelief. Did you do that on purpose? I asked. What? She asked innocently. You spilled the tea on purpose, I said. I was watching everything. You raised your hand unnecessarily. Olivia shrugged. Maybe I did it on purpose. But so what? Didn't you see the way she was mocking me earlier? I was just giving her what she deserved. How old are you, Olivia? I exclaimed in disbelief. What you just did was really immature. I don't know what's going on between the two of you, but you could have ended up seriously hurting her. I had never expected this from Olivia. She'd always been so kind and angelic. Now I was seeing a completely different side of her. Why do you care? She muttered. What? Why do you care whether she gets hurt or not? She asked. It's called basic humanity, I replied. But seriously, it feels like I'm wasting my time talking to you. By then, Ruby returned. She had changed her dress. I asked her if she was okay, and she nodded. Then she turned to glare at Olivia. I will let this one go, Ruby said. But if you ever pull that kind of stunt again, 
I will fire you without a second thought. You better learn to differentiate between your personal and professional matters. While all of this was happening, the hostess who brought the tea was standing in a corner smirking to herself. I shot her a look and she immediately sobered up. I'm pretty sure she would have spilled the tea herself, even if Olivia hadn't pushed her. What a weirdo. I couldn't wait for this flight to end. We weren't even halfway, and I was already exhausted. I don't know when I dozed off, but when my eyes opened, I saw that Olivia and Ruby had moved to different seats. I finally had some breathing space. I was about to do some stretching when an air hostess walked up to me. Hi, Matt. Long time no see, she said. I looked up to see her face, and my body completely froze. What the hell was Natasha doing here? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.